I don't buy the idea that, you know, the society the way it is right now, it has to be this way. Welcome to Rewrite the Rules with your host, Alex Starr. So many of us choose our path out of fear disguised as practicality. It's time to live life on your own terms. What do you really want? Welcome to a fresh episode of Rewrite the Rules, where you will hear how to realize your potential by living on your own terms. I am Alex Starr, and I just created that little tagline today. <laughs> so I hope you guys like it, because I'm trying to hone in what it is I'm doing here. Today, though, we have my good friend, Ben Reilly. Uh, he is a real estate mogul, would be the best way to describe him. And you guys are going to hear how you can use real estate basically to take control of your financial life. Um, Ben's been doing it for over 10 years. Um, and has created quite a dynasty for himself out in Tucson. Real inspirational guy, has really made it for himself and continues to do so. If you go to alexstar.com slash Ben, um, you're going to see he has like a five-year plan to build wealth. That's really cool. It's like a 10-page, actually it's a five-page PDF, um, just about how you can with like $5,000 start accumulating some wealth um, through real estate and it breaks it down real nice and who doesn't want to, you know, take control of our financial situation? I know that that's a big kind of hurdle for me and a lot of people is, hey, I, I can't do my passion. I can't take off and travel like I want. I'd love to go help people, but money is a big thing holding me back. Um, and it's funny because, at least for me, I spend the least amount of time on that, like because I'm scared of it or something. So anyway, go to alexstar.com slash Ben and has that great PDF uh, to get you thinking if you're interested in kind of building some wealth on the side and, um, you know, getting that freedom that we all crave. So I hope you guys really enjoy this one. I know I did. I love talking to him. And, uh, if you want to find out more about him, you can go to apex real estate. That's his company. Um, he's all over social media, Instagram, Facebook, everything like that. Look up apex real estate, uh, out there in Tucson. So much love everybody. I got some great shows coming up with a ton of amazing people. Always love hearing from you. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, all that good stuff. And you know the drill. Uh, subscribe if you love the show. Tell your friends. Uh, leave me a review. All that good stuff. And I will see you guys in a week for the next one. Um, let's just fucking start right there, dude. I think that'd be awesome. Um, you were talking cool. about the flywheel. Your business is accumulating. You obviously did in real estate, and, and we'll get into kind of the background a little bit. But what do you mean when you're saying like the flywheel and how it just builds on itself? Yeah. So we were talking about the growth over the last sixteen months for my team, and and this concept I use in business. I really think it's applicable to most parts of life. Is anything you do at the start, it's like pushing on a flywheel, which it's really hard to get momentum. It's really hard to get moving. And as you go through the reps, as you get experience, as you get practice, it becomes easier. The, the, the reps that you're getting in push on that flywheel and it gets momentum. And as you get that momentum, all of a sudden it's like you're not even happening to push on the flywheel. You're just touching it and it's going faster than ever before. So I look back three years ago and like it was impossible for me to get $50,000 or $100,000 to do a project. It felt like it was like that was my whole week just out there on the grind trying to raise money to do a deal. And now it's like, we got five deals today that we're going to be closing on. And that's just the, the effect of the flywheel, the compound of, of getting the reps in and, and, and going through the motions. That's like uh, it's like, it's a tipping point. Yeah. Glad Same thing. Tipping point. I think I saw something about that of uh, 
I don't know if I saw this on YouTube, man, or if I saw an actual, you know, when you see watch YouTube stuff and then there's Netflix documentaries. And yeah, it gets you, blurred. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know you saw it somewhere. But there was someone and they were doing the demonstration of this giant um, wooden, I'm sorry, stone flywheel, I guess you can say. And they were showing mm-hmm. like, yeah, if you push it at the beginning when you're pushing this giant stone disc, it's fucking impossible. And it takes exactly. forever, man. And you're pushing it and pushing it. And it's incrementally getting faster to the point where you can't even notice it's getting faster. And that's where most people stop. Yep. And eventually the weight of itself, once you get it going, it can take years, months. And then all of a sudden it's just fucking this giant stone disc that you never could think you could fucking get to move is just going on its own, on its own momentum. That's exactly it. And I, I, you know, I coach and I train a lot of people on that of, you're pushing on the flywheel right now and it doesn't feel like you're making any progress, but I promise you the reps you're getting in now, it's slowly moving that thing forward. And once it gets going, it's not going to slow down. And you know, the other side of that is I think that people, once they start kind of getting momentum, they let off a little bit and they don't keep pushing. That thing can slow down if you're not staying on it, if you're not giving it the attention, giving it the love. So, you know, I think any aspect of life, it's easily translates. Oh, for sure, man. Have you read the slight edge? I'm not. I'm not. Who? Who's the author of that? Oh, no, I want to show it to you. Jeff Olson. This is Jeff Olson. I'm right. I'm a. I'm a uh, self development book junkie. It's straight up addict. Where I think every new book is going to be my life's answers. <laughs> but uh, but this one's really good, man. And it's basically a reminder about that. He's like, it's not about you know, these big things you're doing in your life, it's about, are you taking the walk after lunch or are you looking at your phone? And are you, yep. do- and it's a 10 minute walk, right? It's, it's these little mm-hmm. tiny things that compound over time. And then when you start to succeed, he has this graph in there where exactly what you just said, man, where it's like most people follow this trajectory of going up in success and then going back down like a diet or yep. a workout regimen. You get buff, you're yep. looking good, you feel good. All right, cool. I'm going to take a break. And then down you go. Cause he's like, just continue doing those little things that you did to get to where you were. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's good shit, man. So what did you, uh, I mean, cause it, your story's pretty crazy, man. Cause you started with shout out to our boy, Kevin Rapport, who we both know. We love you, Kevin. Um, but you Definitely started- love Kevin Rapport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. He told me before I did the show, he's like, if you guys don't mention my name, like I'm going to be pissed. Like, you guys need to throw- so, There's your shout out, Kevin. Yeah, There's your shout out. Yeah, man. there you go. He's smiling right now. Um, but uh, you started in college doing this, right? I mean, you started just yeah. ransacking houses in Tucson there, fixing them up, and just doing the nitty gritty, right? Yeah, so... I was very blessed, fortunate, whatever you want to call it, that at like 15, 16 years old, I decided I'm going to do real estate. I watched Flip This House was just coming out and I watched that. And I was like, that's what I want my life to be. It was very much like a rich dad, poor dad experience for me. My dad did 28 years in the military. Amazing, amazing man. Uh, but he worked really, really hard. And I knew for me, I wanted... Um, other opportunities in life. And I wanted to be able to travel and go on vacation. And one of my very close friends, dad was a real estate investor. And so I kind of went under his wing from an early age and he was, you know, nice enough to let me hang out on the job sites and just learn what was going on. So at 18 years old, I convinced my parents to help me buy my first house. So we used my scholarship. (laughs) (laughs) 
it, honestly, you know, the one I am so grateful for the, how my parents raised myself and my brothers and that if you were passionate, they would give you everything they could to help you pursue your dreams. And I think by the time I was at a place where it was like, mom and dad, I'm ready to buy a house. I had already busted my ass for three years to get to a place to show them that I was serious. Like, I think they knew I wasn't going to take no for an answer. Either they were going to help me or I would go figure out another way to do it. And um, they were gracious enough to help. So I, I did what's called house hacking. I didn't know that's what it was called at the time. Uh, but basically, I bought a four-bedroom house, run-down property uh, by the University of Arizona, uh, fixed it up over the summer. My brothers and I lived in an RV because the house was like just destroyed. So we lived in the RV that uh, my parents brought up and parked in the backyard. We'd work 12, 14-hour days, tile, electrical, putting on a new roof, everything, and then crashing the RV at night, wake up, repeat, did that over the summer going into my freshman year, uh, and then rented the house out. So my mortgage was 1100 bucks a month. I rented out the rooms for 400 a piece. So I had three roommates and got $1,200 a month in rent from them. So I was living for free. And that was like my first exposure into the real estate game. That was your senior year um, going into high school. I mean, sorry, going into college. So that was right before your Correct. freshman college year. Correct. Damn. So while everyone else, I'm trying to remember what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> my the, the year before uh, my, my freshman year of college. And it wasn't that. It wasn't... Uh, doing the housework like that yeah i mean i i kind of got in over my head and i remember vividly like the first night so we buy this house and really the only only place we could could afford was kind of in a rundown area just north of the campus and we get the keys and we show up the first day and my dad's already kind of hesitant about this he's like i'm not sure i don't know we walk in and there's homeless people in the house like there's homeless people living in the house and it's like this is not good this is a bad start um and I don't have the RV up yet. And I, I'm like, I'm going to stay here tonight. I don't want the homeless people to come back. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm a man now. Let's go. And I remember laying on a sheet on top of this 1970s shag carpet that was in the house, like looking up at the ceiling going, so you're a real estate investor now. This is the game, I guess. I hope it works out. And like, I can, I remember <laughs> oh. that so vividly, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Badass, dude. Um, but, you know, it's it's one of those things we just figured it out. And I think from my upbringing, I was always taught that if you work really hard and you give it your all, you can kind of figure it out. So my parents, rather than looking at this house that we needed to do all new kitchens and bathrooms and put on a new roof and do all these different things, saying, no, you don't have any construction experience. You can't do that. They came from it uh, from a place of you can figure this out. You have to work hard and we'll help you, but you can you can do it. And so because I had that belief system instilled in me, it was, I, I had the confidence to take the first step and, you know, I didn't go smooth. There's like so many stories I could tell you about how I didn't go smooth, but I took the first step and I started the flywheel and it was really, really hard. I was pushing, doing all the work myself, grinding, going, but that started the motions. And so you look back, that's 11 years ago now, and now the flywheel is really starting to roll for us. Yeah. And it's been 11 years. Yep. Wow. Yeah. And just yeah. now, I think that's really important that it's been 11 years and you said just now the flywheel is really starting to get going. Uh, yeah. I mean, we've had some great success. There's been some highs and some lows over the 11 years, but it it's finally at a place where I kind of take a step back and look at it and go, 
wow, we're really, we're moving now. You know, we're in multiple states. We're doing um, big commercial deals. We're doing um, just a ton of cool stuff that I always kind of envisioned and I could see clearly in my, in my mind's eye that like, this is where I wanted to go. But I really think, you know, I had some limiting beliefs and, and those were that it was like a 20 or 30 year plan. So what I'm seeing is, although it seemed like it was a 30 year plan at the time because of how slow things were going, once you start to get momentum, it really starts to ramp up. It really starts to increase. Yeah. What, what were those limiting beliefs you had? I think it just, you know, all around how fast we could scale and the type of talent that I could bring into my world um, to, to work with me and alongside me. And just, you know, you see some of these guys who are performing at an elite level, a very high level. Um, and You mean elite? You, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but do you mean elite as in sales? It's just in, in business, like, in business, you know, okay. entrepreneurs, like guys who are just crushing it, making a ton of money providing tons of value to the world, making a big impact on their communities, however you want to look at it. But there's there's this element of, well, they can do that, but I probably can't. And I think I was very susceptible to that for a very long time. And I kind of was pushed out of my comfort zone and went to a couple of conferences and got exposure to, uh, to some of these guys. And I realized, like, they're not any different than anyone else. They're just extremely purposeful. Like, they're, they are purposeful. And a lot of times I think you hear from successful people, oh, they're a dick. Oh, they didn't take time. They didn't do this or that. And I question that. And in, in, in some some successful people, they're not the greatest people in the world. But I think a lot of them are just, they're laser focused on their purpose. And when you get laser focused on your purpose, a lot of stuff kind of falls by the wayside, if you will. Um, and so once I started getting exposure to those guys and gals that are just crushing it in life, I started to realize, well, they're no different than me. They're just... They've put in the reps, their flywheel's going faster, and they're extremely purposeful with how they approach every day. Yeah, man. It's funny you say that. <clears throat> I mean, this is what kind of triggered us talking about or doing this podcast is because of you saying I got in the room with those types of people. I went last week and saw – do you know who Aubrey Marcus is? Do not. Okay. He's been on Joe Rogan's podcast and stuff. He's a local guy in Austin, actually, and he's a CEO of a company and – um, he's an author now and stuff, but I went to his book release and he's someone that I've seen, you know, and I've been following for probably four years now and admire and stuff like that and went to his book release, had him sign the book, like met him, asked him to be on the podcast actually. Um, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. And talking to him and then I met another guy that I'd seen and, and very successful online. I met him at the bar beforehand and started shooting the shit with him. And just like you said, I sat there and was like, this, this, he's just a fucking guy, you know, yeah. it's like how they say you shouldn't meet your heroes cause you'll be disappointed. And it, I think it's not disappointment. It's just reality hits you and in a good way or a bad way. I think if you maybe yeah. don't have good feelings about yourself, then you might think, fuck, I'm never going to be able to get there. But if you're at least you're in a decent place then you can say, Oh no, wait, this is great news. Cause I can get there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're, you're spot on with it. I think your environment dictate so much about your the, the beliefs that you hold, whether they're positive or negative, right? So the, the people in your world who are supporting you, who are encouraging you, and who are challenging you, that, that leads you to um, kind of develop beliefs. And those beliefs that you have can either be limiting or they can be limitless, right? And, and in turn, that's going to cause you to... Um, 
either be have have like extreme work ethic or no work ethic because of your beliefs. You know, if I, I, I was just at a conference with Robert Kiyosaki, Kiyosaki, who wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and Rock Thomas was there, and David Osborne was there, and um, I ended up getting to spend quality time with those guys outside of the conference. And, you know, so I'm around them. And, and to get in that room, I had people encourage me that you could be that one day. You can get to that level. You should go out and go to that conference. So my environment, the people around me encouraging me, changed my beliefs. And then my beliefs led me to be in that room. And now I'm in the room and I'm convinced these guys are not any, not substantially different than me. They're just extremely purposeful and they put in the reps. And so now I come back from that conference and my work ethic is like times 10. My curiosity towards life is times 10, which in turn is just going to keep the flywheel going and make me more well-rounded and better at everything that I'm doing in life. And so I think it all kind of boils back to who's around you and what are they, what are, what type of conversations are they having with you to either build you up or break you down? Right. So how do you, how did you initially find those people and how, what would you say is a good way to build that around yourself? If somebody's listening, that doesn't have it. So it's, it's always like coming from a place of value, right? Like let's look at how our interaction went. I knew you, you know, we're friends. We were both, uh, had met through Kevin Rapport and, I knew that you had a podcast. I knew that you have a, a following and it's something that I'm working on growing for myself. Right. And so you posted something on Facebook and I shared it and I sent you a message and we started a conversation and it kind of brought, brought, brought a relationship further along. And now here we are on the podcast. I do the same thing with some of those guys. Like the thing you have to realize is they're humans too. And they love encouragement and praise and you supporting their causes. So when you find somebody that you want to get in the room with, it's important to find out what they care about and how you can provide value to them. Maybe that's a charity organization that they're involved with. Maybe it's some, some new book that they're trying to market or write. I mean, there's so many different ways that you can provide value. And once you do that, then you have a relationship. And from there, it, it can really start to grow. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. So let's say, for instance, that someone you admire has, do you have, give us like a, do you have a case study of maybe someone that you, wanted to get in the room with like you were talking about and you did something to add value to their life because i think what holds a lot of people back including me sometimes is you think well i don't really have a lot to give that person that mm -hmm. is 10 steps above me than where i'm at sure you know so do you have an example where you added some type of value to get in the room or just to build a relationship with that person that was much higher above you yeah so the, the one that, that really comes to mind is the relationship I've built up with David Osborne, who's the author of Wealth Can't Wait. Mm. Um, it's a fantastic book. Um, and he's a really successful entrepreneur and business person. And I met him because I had provided value to somebody in my world that I knew had a lot of great connections. And I knew that, that and in time would help introduce me to people to help further my career. And so when I met him, I, I, I showed up at a high level, right? I came prepared. I was on my A game and I was given the opportunity to have a conversation with him about real estate, about the market and a new venture he was starting. And he wanted to talk more about it. So I just came out and said, look, man, I'll, you're in Austin. I'll fly to Austin. You, you want it out there and you want to mastermind or brainstorm about it. I'll give you all my energy, all everything that I have to have a conversation about it. And so I flew all the way to Austin for like a one hour meeting, right? 
And so I think just showing that willingness to get in the room, willingness to show up and do whatever it takes goes a long way. Um, kind of the flip side is that one of the guys on my team who's now in real estate and crushing it reached out to me online from a website called Bigger Pockets and was like, I want to learn about real estate. I'll do whatever it takes. So I'm like, I love that, but I hear that all the time. Well, the kid came in, met with me, was a rock star from day one, and I expected it to kind of fizzle out or, you know, he'll stop showing up. He'll be partying on the weekends or whatever it is. He's in our office it's probably 50, 60 hours a week, just providing value, not getting paid, unpaid internship. Really? We're like, whoa, this kid's a rock star. All right, hang on a second here. Now he's got my attention. Now I'm pouring into him, right? And and so that that type of, he didn't know anything about real estate. He's like, I don't know anything about real estate, but I'll do whatever you tell me to do. You know, if you flash back to how I first started, my best friend's dad was in real estate and I pulled up on a construction job site to a guy doing new build construction. It was like, Hey, are you hiring? I'll do anything you need. I'm 16 years old, no real construction experience. And, and this general contractor is like, no, that's okay. Not, not that, not interested. I don't have anything. And I was like, hang on a sec. I'll sweep floors. I'll take out the trash and you don't have to pay me. I just want to be on the job site. I want to learn. Okay, I got his attention. Showed up every day. <laughs> no shit. Every day, seven days a week. What do you need? I'm here to sweep the floors. I'd sweep the floors. He, they were building six, six houses, I remember. I'd start on one. I'd sweep all the way down, get to the end. And, you know, I'm picking up two by fours and, and sawdust or whatever's, whatever stage of the construction. And then instead of going home, I'd go back and I'd start back at the front one. Just to be on the job site, just to be in the room. Like the thing is, you just have to show up and you got to put yourself in the room. Everything else takes care of itself. Mm. Next thing you know, I was his assistant. Next thing you know, I'm following around to multiple jobs. And then I have this amazing resource when I buy my first house as somebody to reach out to and say, hey, you know, I have a question. Could you help me out? Or, hey, I need help with this. And, and it's those situations where it maybe doesn't feel like you're going to get any value out of it or that long term it's not going to really pay off for you. But you still are in the room and you're still grinding it out. And if you do that enough times, great things are going to happen for you. Mm. Man, that's crazy. It's cool. That's a cool story about you sweeping. It's cool about that kid, too, that he was in there for that long. How old was he? Uh, he's 23 now. He was his senior year of college. And, and he's like, I'm, I'm getting an econ degree. I, I want to be in real estate. I don't know what it looks like. And he's going to make six figures this year easy. And <laughs> is just crushing it right and and like it's all because he showed up it's all because he was willing to show up and put in the reps what was the initial value you said that through david osborne you gave value to somebody that he knew because you knew he had a lot of connections what did that look like yeah yeah so so i'm part of keller williams it's a brokerage right and uh, a real estate brokerage and so i have a, a relatively successful team and i'm um there are a lot of agents who can learn from myself and my team members on how to get more clients and grow their business. And so I just offered to start coaching at the market center. So I knew I wanted to be in contact with the owner of this market center. And I knew the best way to do that. It was to provide value to his agents. Cause what does he care about? He cares about not the only thing he cares about, but he cares about growing his business and providing value to his agents. So I kind of put my hand up and said, Hey, whatever you need, I got you. You want me to teach classes? You want me to mentor people one-on-one? -on -one? I will take time out of my day. Just, you know, direct me on where you need me. That built up over time, built up over time. And then we built a friendship. And then from that friendship, one day he calls me and goes, Hey, what are you doing tomorrow? I'm like working? 
selling houses? What do you What do you need? You need me to coach a class? No, I'm I'm flying in with David Osborne. You know, we're gonna he he's doing a seminar and and I want you to meet him beforehand. Done where? Right? Like it wasn't. Well, I can't tomorrow, but what about Tuesday? Yeah, I'm there. And and so you know, it's it's just putting yourself in the position. And, and I think that that's really what I did in that instance very, very well was I said yes to every opportunity and I tried to provide value every step of the way that I could. Yeah. That's fucking awesome, man. Where did you get, where did you get that, that drive? How did you know when you were 16 that you for sure wanted to do real estate and has that ever wavered? I don't think it's ever wavered. I mean, there's tough days in any profession, right? Where you're like, is this all worth it? And you have a really bad day, but outside of a few bad days, no, it hasn't. Um, I don't know that it was real estate when I started out. What it was was financial freedom. That's really what I wanted. And I saw, and I still believe that real estate is the best vehicle to achieve financial wealth and freedom. And so for me, it was my dad had worked so hard and had done deployments in Iraq and Afghanistan and was was an amazing parent, but he was gone a lot and he worked really hard. And I knew that I wanted something completely different. So, you know, some kids rebel and they run away or they go off and, and party really hard. My way, I think, of rebelling to some extent was like, I'm going to go buy a bunch of houses. So I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, man. Yeah, that you sound exactly like that book, the Rich Dad Poor Dad book. I mean, to a T, that's yeah. exactly what it is, right? And, and I think it's like once you see it, I, I talk about it. It's like putting glasses on. I truly believe I see the world differently than most people. I so, see the uh, just the ability to build wealth, the ability to gain financial freedom, and how it does not have to be hard and how you do not have to overthink it. And I coach people on this. I talk, I, I see it. It's a huge limiting belief, I think, in our society where it's there's no way I could buy a house and live rent free. That's not possible. Okay, well, if you say it's not possible, that's, you know, it's not possible, but I, I help people do it every day. And I understand that if you, if you save $500 a month on rent, that's $6,000 a year. You do that for two to three years, you have a down payment on the second house. You do that for two more years, you have a down payment on the third house. Now the flywheel's rolling on, on the real estate side. So, um, where was I going with that? I apologize. <laughs> hey man, I don't know. That, that, I got no words. Just keep going. Just keep going. Well, so I guess while you're talking about that, you know, I think financial freedom is, of course, what everyone is striving for, right? Yeah. And most people never get there, and that's the one of the biggest, I think, struggles that most people go through their entire life is trying to get to this end result and finish line that never fucking comes, right? Mm-hmm. It's always around yeah. the next corner. It's always around the next paycheck. It's always around the next pay raise. And everyone just keeps chasing the carrot. So for you, <clears throat> people listening, if somebody has an extra, they got $2,000 cash, right? Yep. What should they do if they want to make their first push on the flywheel in real estate or how much money would they need? Would they need more than two grand? What would you recommend? Yeah, so everybody's situation is different. So I'm going to say that, that that's really not something that I can answer. Um, you know, that there's a one size fits all with that, but typically you need five to $10,000 to put down for a down payment on a property. Um, because there's so many amazing loan programs where you only have to put three to 5% down. 
So if you have $2,000 saved up and you're like, what's the next step? My recommendation would be live below your means as far as possible and hustle and grind. Does that mean drive Uber on Friday nights? Maybe. Does that mean come up with some other way to generate some cash flow? Definitely. Like whatever it takes, do that and save and be purposeful with the savings so that, and, and know that once I have X amount of dollars, I can buy a house. So what you want to do is you want to talk to a, a, a real estate professional and a lender and figure out, okay, given my cert situation, here's what I make a year. Here's what I can qualify for. Okay. Here's how much I need to save up. Once I have that saved up, I'm going to buy a house. When you put a smart framework around that goal and you know exactly how much you need to save up and exactly how long it's going to take you, it's much easier to accomplish it. So the first step, talk to somebody and just see what the options are. Somebody who's educated and informed and then set the goal in place and then go after it ferociously. Yeah, man. I think that's what holds a lot of people back too is it seems very ambiguous, you know, mm-hmm. of, yeah, you need to save up some money and start investing and you think, how much exactly are we talking here? And then because there's no concrete amount, well, it's a lot easier to just spend that money on going out on the weekends than it is to save it towards this very wishy-washy goal that you're yep. not even sure what it is. Yeah. So one of the things we can do, I actually have a five-year um, map that I've put together for people and I'm oh, happy cool. to give it to your entire audience. Yeah, man. That's um, awesome. So so we'll connect on that. And, and basically it outlines if you can save $10,000 a year and purposefully invest in real estate over five years, you end up with three homes and you add $50,000 a year to your net worth. You end up with Passively. how many homes in five years? Three homes. Three homes in five years. Three homes in five years. And this is say it starts with $5,000 and you add $10,000 a year to it. Every penny you make from real estate, from renting out the property or from living rent free, you save, you reinvest. Mm-hmm. Three year, or five years, three homes. And those homes are adding $50,000 a year to your net worth. Because like the thing people don't understand when you buy a house, you have a mortgage payment, right? And everybody's like, well, that's like paying rent. Well, it's not. The mortgage payment, you pay down the principal. That's like a piggy bank that you have access to in the future when you pay off the home. Mm. So part of that mortgage payment every month is going to principal. That's like a savings account. On top of that, for the average home appreciates at 4% a year. So if you have a $200,000 home, historically, and there's highs and lows and swings in the market, but historically, the real estate market appreciates at 4% a year. So that $200,000 home Year two is worth $208,000. People don't really see this. And again, it's the flywheel. It doesn't make a big difference when you have one and it's 10 years later. But if you have three or five and 10 years later and you're adding out, you know, $50,000, $100,000 to your net worth, it's substantial and it gets mm-hmm. very substantial very fast. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome, man. I think it's very cool of you to create a sheet like that because I think it is such a confusing topic for so many people. Yeah. Where it's like I said, then there's so many conflicting information out there. And I mean, you do, you know, you do business, like there's so much conflicting information that is trying to get you to buy their program, you know, yep. their way of doing whatever it is, right? Whether it's their way to do marketing or their way to do real estate or whatever it is, it's like you never can tell, is this guy, is this person legit or are they just trying to get me to buy their fucking, you know, program, you know? Yeah. Yep. There's a lot. I don't have a program, so I'm not trying to get anything. (laughs) No, I know. I know. I know. And that's what makes it cool, man. That's what, because, uh, you're doing this, you know, and you're someone that you can actually trust and you're not trying to, you don't have an ulterior motive 
to the information yeah. you're putting out there, except for I, like I th- you said value. I think my motive is that, like I was saying earlier, I see the world different and I put on these glasses around building wealth. So I just, I, it makes sense intuitively to me. And I think more people who see it, the better off we are as a society. Because if we have financial freedom, then people are going to be able to spend time focusing on things that they really want to spend time on. Mm-hmm. And so like my, my passion in life is helping people understand this. The average renter has a net worth 44 times less than the average homeowner. So if you own a home, you have a 44, 44 times higher net worth. It's like $230,000 versus $5,000. That to me is crazy. It doesn't mean that investing in real estate is the only way that you can build wealth. What it means is that people who invest in real estate are more likely to gain and build wealth. And if they do it purposefully and they do it in a way that can help them achieve financial freedom, then they can really unlock some amazing opportunities for themselves. And that's what I'm passionate about talking to people about. Yeah, that's badass, man. I mean, because you're right. When you th- well, so what would you do if you had, a, you know, you're just saying that you can spend more time on what you're passionate about. So if you had financial freedom and you could retire tomorrow, would you continue doing what you're doing? Yeah, so I, I'm fortunate enough that from passive income, I do have financial freedom for my rental properties. And I just wake up every day hungry and in love with what I'm doing. You know, I would spend more time. I would like to spend more time coaching and training. And I need to just grow my business and my brand to get in a place where I can have a larger audience. And that's really what I'm pushing for at this point. Yeah. No, I think that's cool, man. The ability to have that and to be able to, I think it's really about people being able to be removed from the somewhat indentured servitude that a job can be. You know, I think 90% of the people, I have no idea the exact stat, but I think 90% of people are in jobs because they have to be, right? Not because they want to be. They got to pay their bills. They got to do this stuff. So you go and do it and it's this like, hey, that's just the way the world works. You know, you hear that all the time, you know, and it seems like it's a very, it's this mentality that like comes from my dad and maybe like from your dad, you know, like that, that generational mentality of like, that's just the way the world works. All right, you got to do stuff you don't want to do. Yep. Show up for 50 and it's like, yes, I get that. You you got to do stuff you don't want to do, but like there's got to be a better way to to do this system than everyone doing all this shit for some company they don't give a fuck about just to pay so, the bills. So here's here's where it comes back. It comes back to your environment, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're in an environment where people encourage and and encourage you and challenge you to elevate yourself, to grow yourself, and show you how it's possible, then your belief system is going to change. Just about everybody on my team either has one or more homes or is actively saving up to buy their first investment property. Yeah, anybody who's been with, yeah, anybody who's been with me for more than two years owns real estate. Yeah. And we, and, and we talk about it and we show them how to do it. And, and once they see it, then they're hungry. Like mm-hmm. my guys, won't go to Starbucks. They won't go to Starbucks. Why? Because they're saving that $2 to buy the next house. And we talk about it. We're like 10,000 in the bank account, ready to go for number three. And we celebrate it and we encourage it. If you're in that environment, you're going to build wealth. And it, it does not have to be real estate. There's other ways to build wealth. I think it's the best vehicle personally, but I don't want people to sit here and think, oh, he's only talking about real estate. What I'm talking about, and honestly, is when you're in an environment around people who are saying that you can accomplish amazing things, you're more likely to accomplish amazing things. And if you don't have that in your tribe of 
of people that you're around, then you're very much less likely to, and you need to transplant yourself into a tribe that does encourage and does push you to grow and supports you and challenges you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's like it's a mental disease, and it can be inflicted in a negative or a positive way, right? Like you can catch exactly, you can literally catch that 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 energy. You know, you literally can incorporate it and catch it. It's in the air. You know, like what you're talking about is the same thing that everyone creates on a team, right? It's this, it's a culture, and it's the mentality, and it becomes you guys become this entity, you know, an organism yep. striving towards a general consensus, right? Um, so yeah, it's, has that been hard to build a culture like that? Or did you just kind of do what you were doing and you had that mindset of the hustle mentality and stuff? And then it, it somewhat blossomed, I guess, around you. Yeah. I would say that we are a tribe of pretty hard charging alpha personalities. And, alpha. um, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's just the way I would alpha. <laughs> no, I, I just, I think it breeds it. It breeds it. Like it's a competitive group. It's, yeah. a, it's a group like, how many books do you read this week? One, I read two. Guess who's reading two or three books next week? Whoever read one. Like it's just everything. Everybody wants to just push the envelope and, yeah. and get a little bit better. And I think that from when we started, my my the founding partners that started the company with me, you know, Jake Arnold is a back-to-back NCAA national decathlete champion. Like he, he excels at the highest level athletically. And that just, he came in and brought that culture into the group. And it's like, we're here, we're here to, do some amazing things. And, and one of those is build massive amount of wealth through real estate. So it was just the culture kind of organically formed around that. Yeah. It's a fascinating thing, isn't it? It must, it must be fun for you to watch. It, it's, it's fun and it's challenging. Like uh, as the leader of the company, you know, you got to stay out in front of everybody. And when you have that many hard charging people, it's like, we're not letting off the pedal. We're going and we're going and we're going. Um, but no, it's amazing to see the growth of some of these guys. Like, Watching my my brother, one of my uh, brothers is about to purchase his second home. And it's just awesome to see like that transition over the last three years, how he went from really no, no savings. He was at a job he didn't like. And he said, Hey, I want to move back to Tucson. I want to get on board with you guys. And we're like, come on, let's go. And all of a sudden he got his first house last year. He saved up, grinded like crazy, about to get a second home. Like when you see stuff like that, it's just so rewarding. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can see that progress. That's one of your brothers, you said. Yeah, yeah, yep. that's that's cool, man. Um, I think it's cool too. You were talking about how it put things in perspective, and you were saying, "Look, I'm doing this to get financial freedom, but I want other people to get financial freedom so that they can do things they actually enjoy." Because I, the that really it's a very it's an interesting way that you've done that. Because I wouldn't look at someone in your position usually as a real estate, you know, trying to be this real estate mogul as somebody that is using that as a vehicle to get people to financial freedom so that they can do things that they actually want so that the world's a better place. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I so think I'm very, enjoy their lives better. Yeah. Not everybody's a deal junkie, right? I'm a deal junkie. I can go a hundred miles an hour, 24 seven and close real estate deals. Cause I just, I love it. I'm passionate about it. And for me, that's awesome. But for so many people, there's other things, there's art or there's helping and charities and volunteering and, and, you know, just amazing things that they want to do if they didn't have to go to work nine to five. And I'm just kind of standing here like, guys, you know, you don't have to go to work nine to five. You got to go to work like 
nine to nine for the next five years and you got to grind and you got to hustle and you got to do a lot of stuff. But then your world can drastically change if you're willing to put in the work on the front end and get that flywheel spinning. And that's, that's my message. That's what I really want to start getting out there because I, I've seen, I've experienced it myself. I've seen it with people that I've gone into business with and I'm around mentors who have it at an even higher level. And it's like, this is a totally different world than what everybody else who has that nine to five um, reality is exposed to. And, and once, once you kind of shift that perspective, you put the glasses on, if you will, it's hard, it's impossible to go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think what, what trips up a lot of people too, is when you're in that nine to five life, you have the culture of the nine to five. Yes. Life. Yes. And you assimilate that into your mindset subconsciously almost. And everyone else <clears throat> does the same thing. And that is... We're going out. We're partying on Friday. Yeah. We're drinking like, on Saturday. Let's yeah. go. And I mean, that's... And like, look, that's all in good fun. Like, don't don't get me wrong, you know? Um, But you, that becomes your world. And it's very hard to see things outside of that world, right? I mean, and yep. it literally becomes your entire reality is what the other people are doing in your social environment. And when it's a nine-to-five environment, you have to take such dire action to get into the other lane absolutely absolutely I, you know a quote i heard at this conference i was just at it's your surroundings dictate your reality and your reality dictates your results and that was like very profound to me because it's so true if you're in that nine to five reality mm-hmm. then you're going to have those results and mm-hmm. so it's how do you transplant yourself how do you get out of that and you know what books are you reading? What podcasts are you listening to? How are, if, maybe it's not the, the environment as the people to start. There's other ways that you can start to think differently and, and train your mind to be um, to view the world in a different light. So it's 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 the most important thing there is. Yeah. Any favorites come to mind in terms of books, podcasts, the way that you kind of feed your brain with stuff? Uh, West Knight's Creating Space is an awesome awesome podcast. Creating spaces, um, creating spaces, cool. creating space, creating space. Oh, creating space. Um, uh, books. Wow, there's so many. I love Tim Ferriss. Like four hour work week for anybody who's hearing this and like it's not possible. He does it without going through real estate. Like he gives you a million other ways to do it. Uh, his books, Tools of Titans, Tribe of Mentors, are are awesome. Um, yeah, I saw him at a book signing uh, a few months ago, actually. Yeah, because yeah. he lives in Austin, I think. He just moved to Austin, yeah. Yeah, 4-Hour yeah. Workweek is a cool one because it. I wouldn't. there's not a lot of tangible stuff where it's like, okay, go do this, but it gives you the mindset. It does give you yep. that feeling of, oh, shit, this is possible. Yep, yeah. Rich Dad, Poor Dad is a great one if you really want to start yeah. kind of, or, or, or The Four Quadrants by uh, same author, Robert Kiyosaki. Um, Wealth Can't Wait is a great book. Uh, if you're into negotiations and you're into sales, never split the difference by Chris Voss is one of the best books, if not the best book out there. Hmm. Um, he's a FBI invest, uh, a negotiator, terrorist negotiator. Oh and yeah. He, yeah. That dude. Yeah. It's like Jedi mind tricks. Is you, it? It's I've read it three, four times. And I have a cheat sheet anytime we're going into a big negotiation that I fill out that I got offline from him. Um, yeah, it's, it's a game changer. Really? So, yeah. 
I'll give you my book list too. I have a book list of like some of my favorite books, so you can share that with your your tribe, your audience, and yeah, man. And- yeah, we'll put that up, and um, you know, I'll probably have it at alexstar.com, and I'll I'll put it in the intro here, but I'll have it slash Ben and stuff like that, and we'll put up that sheet and the book list and everything. Um, but yeah, man, thanks so much for coming on, dude. Stick around, though, definitely, this, bro. But uh, fucking really appreciate you taking the time and sharing the stuff because this is important stuff for people to hear, man. It's just important for everyone to know that you can create that type of freedom in your life through whatever means necessary through real estate or anything else. Um, and then, so your company, how, how would you people get a hold of you or your company or kind of get in touch? Yeah. Yeah. So my, probably the best way to get in touch with me is just shoot me an email, ben at apexaz.com. If you want to check out my company, it's, uh, apexrenet, R-E-N-E-T.com. Um, we were licensed in, uh, four states, California, uh, Arizona, New Mexico and Missouri. So we can help people with their real estate needs in any of those states. Nice. Uh, and, and more so than that, you know, I, I'm more than happy to have a conversation with anybody, especially if you're sitting there going, this is too good to be true. That's not possible. Yeah. Let's talk about it. I'd love to walk <laughs> you through it. <laughs> Badass, man. Okay, cool. Stick around though, dude. But thanks again, Ben. Definitely, man. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. Um, let's see here. Yeah. AlexStar.com slash Ben. It's a beautiful night out here in Austin. Summer's coming in. Hope everyone's doing well. Um, and get excited for some new shows I got coming out. Going to be posting every week here coming up. And I got some really, really cool ones with people from all walks of life. Um, so just doing my best to create some content that you guys that you guys want to hear. So if anyone pops in your mind that you'd love to hear on the show, uh, shoot me an email. Find me on Instagram, Facebook. If you got my number, text me. And I will do my best to accommodate. All right, y'all. Toodaloo.